Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Excited for hour number two on the Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM with Stormy Bonatoni enjoying her honeymoon. Congrats to the newlywed, Stormy and Chris. Uh, I'm Ben Wilson in for Stormy. Michael Lombardi just recorded the GM Shuffle Pod with Femi Bebefe, so he's, you know, he's, he's you know, taken care of on that. And why so am I here? Because you're Michael. Or are you Stormy? Am I Mike? No, you're Stormy. Okay. Whatever. We're here. Same color dice. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. Basically. So we're here. We have an hour left. We have Mike Samich joining us in about 15 minutes. Professional handicapper. And also he'll be part of the, our, uh, some of our uh, weekend programming coming up in the fall. Really excited to have Mike coming up on the show. He's, he's been a frequent uh, guest of ours here on the network. And we'll also get some insight into the Thursday night football game. We have Thursday night football. You like to say yeah. that? Yeah, I, Mike's Mike's does stuff all the time. Okay, all right. Well, I, get, I just don't want you to get in trouble. No, I'm, I'm, say, I'm to say what that. Mike has been. Uh, he's been an integral part of hey. the network for some time. Uh, and then Jake Trotter will help us preview the Browns and Eagles tonight, since we do have NFL preseason week two coming up tonight, seven thirty Eastern. Eagles uh, about a three and a half to four point favorite. Thirty five and a half. I'm seeing now is that consensus total. But let's start with some news of the day. A lot of training camp stuff. JBT coming out. Right move or wrong move is how we'll lead into. Uh, this stuff as well as far as our NFL Week 1 lines. So early this morning before we were coming in here to circuit to do the show, Traylon Burks uh, officially announced LCL sprain after the joint practice with the Vikings yesterday. They had the MRI results overnight. That has been confirmed. NFL Network reporting it first. So expected to be out multiple weeks. Status now for Week 1 against the New Orleans Saints very much up in, in the air. And so while Tennessee does bring in DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver, certainly you were, you were not, you know, not feeling like the rest of the wide receiver core was great outside of Hopkins, and this does not help mm. things with Burks now out. Nope. And this is so I have I do have a bet on uh, Tennessee to have the worst record in the NFL. It's a twenty-one to one. I think this is a team that you know. In, this isn't what you want to see, but it's nope. it's a team that I think is somewhat top heavy. Now defensively, I think there's some talent here, and I think that coupled with an easy schedule, you know, could burn me. But again, it's twenty-one to one for a reason. But I think when you look at what this team offensively could be, especially if they start to lose some bodies, the wide receiver core is not very deep. 
you know, Traylon Burks played pretty well last season, but if he's not going to be part of the picture, you got a bunch of pretty poorly graded guys that are underneath the DeAndre Hopkins who is aging. We don't know what his production is going to be like here. If all of a sudden Ryan Tannehill is not playing particularly well, I think this is a group that while they have a head coach that does maximize you know win probability and wins at the margins, I think this could be one that slides pretty far downhill by the time you get to week four or five. And it's a challenging schedule, I think, to start when you talk about teams that are similarly rated to the Tennessee Titans that they have to be on the right side of as they start that schedule out. So mm-hmm. this is, at least from that perspective, it goes down the path that I thought could be potentially there for the Tennessee Titans, so we'll see if that's going to be the case. But overall, I think the important point here is it's not a receiving core with a ton of depth. And if Traylon mm-hmm. Burks with this now here, I'm, I'm <coughs> excuse me, I think you're a little worried about what this could be for Tennessee. Well, this is already a team that is great as Mike Vrabel's head coach is at getting the most out of yep. lack of personnel as he historically has been able to. I look at the offensive line and go, uh, this will have to be Mike Vrabel's best coaching job probably ever to sure. get this offensive line, even to being mediocre. I, I look at it as a complete disaster. It's kind of interesting, though, within the backdrop of all that, and realize part of this move was because of the original DeAndre Hopkins signing at wide receiver, but the Titans play the Saints week one, who have a, a lot of transition yep. in their own right. Titans were catching three and a half in that game. That'll be week one in New Orleans. That is one of our moves we're going to talk. Right move or wrong move. That's now down to three pretty much market-wide, also combined with the fact the Saints will not have Alvin Kamara as the running back now that his suspension has actually been made, finally. And so I wonder, uh, you're, not, you're down on the Titans, but at least for week one, is that the right move or wrong move in your opinion? According to the model, Ben, uh, that would be the wrong move. I've, I've got this projected at a 4.25 point win for the uh, New Orleans Saints. So okay. a, uh, an edge there uh, for me. And I will say this in all seriousness, um, you know, not only with what I've done here, but just my own, like, you know, usual, uh, the way I go about things, I, I would circle the New Orleans Saints again. As somebody who would bet the Titans coming into this, right, as a candidate to go with the, or to have the worst record in the NFL. Um, who you know has bet them under their win total. I, I, I'm not very high on Tennessee coming into the season. So I do think that this is something where I'd rather be on the side of the New Orleans Saints. Everything that I've done points me to New Orleans Saints or just a negative year for Tennessee. So I would say wrong move then if that's okay. the case, right? I, like, yep. I, to me, three is, is at least where I have these teams coming into the year. Sure. That's the right number. I don't blame bettors for grabbing the hook when it was out there. This also has all the makings of a, of a super high-variance game, and I don't know, Absolutely. at least as of my first glance as to, as to the Week 1 card, I don't know why you'd want to... Uh, you'd have a super amount of conviction into that game unless you were able to get the, the three in the hooks, which have now uh, since gone. That might get back there, depending on where things go here next few weeks. Uh, other news that comes out, this is the opening night of the season, and uh, we finally saw a lot of interest in the Detroit Lions at 7. A few days ago, market finally got off 7. It's now pretty much consensus Six and a half. So the Lions getting some action as a dog. Now, they weren't going to have wide receiver Jamison Williams anyway, suspended for six games to start the year. But he and Amon Ross St. Brown each went down at practice yesterday. And it sounds like Williams got the worst of it. He, he had a hamstring issue. He is now out for the rest of the preseason. And he will not even be on the field anyway till week seven with that suspension. But irregardless, JVT, Lions getting some attention, moving off that key number of seven. Now, if I go to like the, the model here, what I've poured into it, the more I've poured into it, the more the deficit has shrunk. You know, I've got this at just like a 7.9 point win for the Kansas City Chiefs. My own thoughts would kind of be on the side of if we're talking six and a half, I'd rather be with Kansas City as well. I, I think the Lions are one of the teams that I have circled as I think the market has overvalued a bit. When you talk about a team that's third worst uh, defensively by EPA standards, and you, you added some bodies uh, in that secondary and, of course, on this defense as a whole, but I don't think they're very impactful players that can actually, and even if there's improvement, Ben, how much improvement can you make from being the third worst team defensively to, what are we talking about here? What's a realistic lead, sure. right? You know, 20th defensively, something like that. 
And against Kansas City that, yes, has questions at wide receiver, but I still think it has enough offensively with Patrick Mahomes to take advantage of what was one of the worst defenses out there last year. I think that this would be one where I would say probably, I think it's the right move in that I understand taking seven, but I think it's the wrong move in that I believe that if yeah. you're giving me under seven with Kansas City at home to open this thing up, I would be on the Chiefs. If it was seven and a half going down to seven, I would say yes. right move. Right. Seven is, I believe, the right number. I don't understand, one, you know, especially at this point, now, bringing it down to six and a half, I would not be surprised. You have to think Chiefs will be in a lot of money line parlays week one. A lot of six-point teasers week one with yeah. two teams. Would not sell me if that's, this gets back up to seven. So I would oh, say, yeah. if, I mean, if you like the dog in the first place, don't panic. It's not like you've seen the last of the seven. There's a long way to go agree. before week one. And also, when you're thinking about a complete rebuild on defense, not exactly the optimal start to that journey, JVT, when you're the you worst about yards per play defense, 30th against the pass, and you get a guy named Patrick Mahomes at quarterback yep. as the Chiefs uh, unveil another Super Bowl banner. Yep. It's, it, look, I just I think in today's day and age, when we, you know, we kind of alluded to this when we talked about preseason and the way the offense is going and how we're getting higher scores, but there's already kind of this thought process that defenses in today's National Football League are really just beholden to the offense that they're facing for the most part. And if you can at least do some stuff in the red zone to keep teams out, then, of course, you're going to set yourself up for success. But between the 20s, you're just going to kind of bend to the will of the offense that you're facing. And I think that's going to be the case. Now, Detroit is a good offensive team, but there's also, I think, some signs that Jared Goff you could make the argument it could be due for some regression if turnover-worthy play rate continues, but they'll start to turn into turnovers. If there's any sort of regression in terms of him as a quarterback, I think there's some real questions about what Detroit can be, at least from the, the standpoint of where they're priced at the market, mm -hmm. right? Minus 160 to make the playoffs, favors to win the NFC North, under a touchdown on the road against Kansas City. Those are the things that I have my questions. Sure. As far as the other line moves for week one, we're talking right move or wrong move here to start the hour on the Lombardi line. Two games in week one that have already moved a whole point and a half. One due to big injury with Joe Burrow having the calf strain and his mm -hmm. status still up in the air for Cincinnati. You can you can understand certainly why that game has adjusted uh, based on just speculation there with the Browns going from two and a half point home dogs now to one point home dogs. The one I'm interested in your thoughts in though is the Denver Broncos Las Vegas Raiders week one spot in Denver from three to four and a half. Is that the right move or wrong move for you? Uh, I So... I'm a little so this yeah so this got bet up minus three to minus four and a half right so yes I Denver guess getting the money I I would say I would lean toward right move I think uh, the model that I put together actually has this essentially a pick zero point seven point win uh, for the Denver Broncos I think a lot of that has to tie into the stats that I use of course Denver terrible on offense last year uh, but I think when you look at it from the the Raiders perspective I just I have questions as to how good this defense is going to be yes in camp and of course as we saw against the 49ers looking very opportunistic defensively uh, but I don't know if that's more about what they were facing again talking about the offense you're beholden to guys like Brock Purdy Trey Lance and others allowing this Raiders defense to perform well in joint practices and of course again in that game on Sunday but I got real questions as to how good this defense is going to be and real questions about what this offense is going to look like obviously Devontae Adams dealing with whatever lower leg thing mm -hmm. that that is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has not looked good himself in camp and just doesn't doesn't sound like he's going to get a lot of time in preseason. Does that lead off to a, a poor start? I think I'd lean a little bit toward wrong move here. Really? Wrong move? Interesting. Yeah. I Because I this is the one of oh, all... Oh, excuse me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, getting my yes, right move here. Yes, right excuse move, yes. me. Yes. So you do, you're a believer in... Yes, I got my, I got my, no, my wires crossed. Yes, no, right come move. on. The model, I, the I model made, is throwing you off. It dude. did. <laughs> I made the entire case uh, I made the entire case for the Broncos, and then, of course... Uh, no, wrong move. No, I, yeah, right move. Right. I have the Raiders as the worst uh, defense in the AFC head, heading in. If yeah. you look at you, combining the, the front seven, secondary groupings, and I, I'm not... It's, we talk about you know, panic meter, but 
we always focus on that. We don't focus enough on hype meter and it, does it get out of control. And this this whole preseason thing for the Raiders, how many times have we seen a team look really, really good and prepared in the preseason, and then it's not even close to what you end up watching in the they regular season? Went undefeated last year, right? As we talked about with Josh McDaniels, yeah. he clearly wants to. He's talked about establishing a winning culture a lot. Uh, last preseason and this preseason, I think that's kind of what this preseason success is about. And, and then them too, by the way. So I've got two bets on teams that, to have the worst record in the NFL. Tennessee Titans, Las Vegas Raiders are the other one. I, like I think that, that this bet. is yeah, this, this yeah. is a team that if it goes south, I think can go pretty far south. Outside of you know, Duke Shelley coming in as a corner, you look at the rest of that that unit with uh, David Long Jr., Nate Hobbs at corner, Trayvon Morig, Marcus Epps at safety, and you just that's just a whole lot of blah. When you, when you add, put it this way. When you add multiple bodies to a single position in an offseason, you're essentially throwing stuff at the wall to see if it'll stick for you. And that's sure. what the Raiders did in the offseason with their secondary. And I'm not really a, a massive fan of that when you're talking about one of the more important positions defensively. Yeah, 31st in pass defense on an EPA per play basis last year. 30th in yards per drive allowed, tied for 27th in yards per play allowed defensively. And it's, you know, it's not like the pass rush really worries you. As yeah. much as you know, Max Crosby is still a dude off the edge, what else really is there right now? Him and Chandler Jones I mean, and a rookie who's unhealthy. And can yeah, can Jones somehow recapture the form? That that's a big thing for the Raiders. So I definitely agree. That is the, the most of the right moves I, I really do like for week one. Mike Samich has some week one plays already. We'll get Mike's thoughts when we come back here on the Lombardi line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
It's football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now is the time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up today for $199, and you'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl, or join us for $19 for your first month. And see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Excited to get our guy Mike Samich on right now. Professional handicapper. He's been on with a Lombardi line, Sharp Money, a bunch throughout the throughout the summer. So great to have Mike on as always. And we've been talking this NFL preseason week two lid lifter, JVT. I'm getting kind of pumped. We have so, so many opinions, so many thoughts, so many ways to bet it with the Browns and the Eagles tonight. What the angle are you looking to attack there, Mike, as we get ready for week two to start in a few hours? Well, we saw a rash of overs in week one of the preseason, which was uh, kind of not the norm. We, we've seen the uh, median point total go up three to four points here in week two. And I, I'm going to kind of stay on the over trend here. We've got Cleveland and Philadelphia playing tonight. And when I look at the preseason, I want to know what quarterbacks are playing. And it looks like we're going to get a full half from DTR, Dorian Thomas Robinson, who's coming, uh, Thompson Robinson, who played at UCLA last year and has been a revelation so far in the preseason. He's been able to move the football both through the air and with his legs. On the other side, for Philadelphia, we're getting a half of Marcus Mariota, it sounds like, and we're going to get two of the top four running backs playing as well for Philly. All of that leads toward points in the first half to me. I don't want to bet Ian Book on an over. He's going to be playing some of the second half in this game. But if I get Mariota and I get DTR, I think you're going to see points in the first half. So I went with over 17 and a half points in the first half. I'd keep an eye on this one. There were some 17s that popped up. I'd obviously like the over 17 more. So make sure you're shopping around to try and get the best number. But to me, I think we're going to see some points in the first half of the game tonight. So I asked uh, Will, and I'll ask you, Mike, when it comes to some of these line moves for these preseason games, how do you handle them? Because you know, one of the, the best examples recently, of course, is Sunday, right? Market freaks out when we realize that Jimmy G's not going to start. Some spots close five in favor of San Francisco. They lose that game. I'm kind of of the mindset that when you see these line moves, I'd actually kind of rather go against them. You know, preseason, a lot of points, you're talking about three and a half, especially when it's really not based on any information for Philadelphia and only on the fact that Deshaun Watson's not going to play. I mean, I don't think he was going to play a big workload. How do you, what do you make of these line moves that you see pre-flop and what you want to do with them? It's tough in the preseason because a lot of the line moves are based sheerly off of what quarterbacks are playing, really. And you don't dive into as much of, hey, are we going to get a second team offensive line, a third team offensive line? That makes a huge difference as well because you need to protect these guys. And then you have certain teams that are much more motivated in the preseason because you have positional matchups. So I, I care about where those positional matchups are as well. I think the Raiders are a good example. They have a lot of battles. They're not going to be a very good regular season team. But there's a lot of guys playing for a job. And so you're going to get a more motivated team out in those type of preseason games. Uh, so with the line moves specifically, I, I don't chase the steam. I think that's a bad way to go. Mm -hmm. If you can get in early, I think it makes sense. I was one of the people holding a San Francisco ticket, but I had him at three and a half, not the right. five. And so if you can get in early and kind of try and get ahead of some of that information, if you scour Twitter or X now, I guess, that's really the yeah. best place to get this information. And you can beat the books sometimes on these moves if you're following the beat writers specifically. So I'll keep an eye on the beat writers, see if I get in front of them. But once a number gets steamed out, I, I'm yeah. not one of those guys who's going to chase it, especially in the preseason where I'm betting one-tenth or two-tenths of my normal betting unit for an NFL regular season game. I, to me, chasing the steam, there's just better ways to do it. Uh, really quickly, it's actually pronounced Z. So just want to throw oh, that out on yeah. Twitter. So oh, we just keep it, changing it, man. It, it's, it's X. <laughs> the insignia is an X, but it's pronounced Z. I just want to throw that out there. Okay. Sure. It's, it's, that's a fact. I'm just I telling just, you. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying sure. It, Stormy you, denied it too. I'm telling you guys. You can deny facts all you want. 
Okay. I, I can't keep up with the Twitter news, so I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter because that's just a lot that's, easier. It, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to, you know, it's a lot easier to say. Like, follow him on X. It just sort of sounds like you're giving <laughs> off a weird connotation. I don't on know. Z. On Z. Yeah, apparently that's what we're doing. Uh, six and eight, by the way. We were just talking about that, Mike. Six and eight, if you had just blindly followed all the line moves of at least two points or more in week one of the NFL preseason. So, as you're talking about, not like it's been a cash cow by, by any means, just blindly chasing that steam. We were just talking about right move or wrong move for week one of the actual regular season, which we're excited to get to here. I mentioned how you know, that chief Lion game looks like it is just prime teaser territory for the two-team six-point teasers. Is that, uh, is that a thought you have as well? It is. Look, I was surprised this one came off seven, especially with the Amon Ross St. Brown news. Where we, you know, It sounds like he's going to be fine for week one, but anytime you have an injury like that to, to an offense that really needs him to play well, it always surprised me when you see it drop down. I, I don't hate the idea of buying at seven, but look, this isn't going to stay at six and a half once we get to kickoff. I rarely are going to bet, bet a lot of money early on in the preseason in week one because I want to know where we're going to sit with injuries. But to me, this is one of the two games on the board that's never going lower. I don't think you're going to see KC minus six, KC five and a half. I think you're much more likely to see it go KC seven and maybe even seven and a half by kickoff, depending on how much public money comes in and what Amon Ross St. Brown's status is in the game. So to me, if you want to lock in a teaser, now is the time to do it. I like Kansas City in the game. I, I have them as a little over a seven point favorite so I, I agree with jvt on that front as well so i want to play them in a teaser i'm going to tease them down to, to a half point and then to me the other game on the board where i don't think it's ever getting to three is this philadelphia or is this green bay packers chicago bears game i'm high on the packers i'm lower on the bears than most people i want to tease the packers up to eight and a half in this spot and get ahead of that as well I expect this line's going to go closer to zero than it will up to three. So, again, I, I feel like this is a situation where you get in front of two separate lines that are never going in the other direction, and you can tease them both in that Wong area and get every single possible key number. So give me KC minus a half and Green Bay plus eight and a half week one NFL teaser. I like it. I'm in. Agree. All right. Uh, before we get uh, to another sport, anything else in week one that has stuck out to you maybe that you haven't played yet that you're sitting back and seeing what the market's going to do with? I may be a Cardinals better. I kind of hope we keep steaming this thing up here. I, I, like, I get that the Cardinals are going to be terrible. I just really don't trust the Washington Commanders. I don't trust Sam Howell, especially in week one. If this ends up going over a touchdown, I, to me, that's a buy point on the Cardinals. We'll see if that continues to rise here. I, I also agree with you. Look, the Raiders are going to be awful. I'm not sure why we've gone to three to four and a half here in the Denver Broncos game either. It seems like crossing over that key number is surprising to me. I'm going to wait to see if this gets steamed higher. But if we get to that five, five and a half point, that's a buy point on the Raiders for me as well. Oh, if what it's worth, a 6.3 point projected win for the uh, Washington Commanders. So not really a ton of yeah. uh, value there if you're going in and just laying it against the uh, Arizona. I mean, Cardinals. six like feels... Fine, but like to your point, Mike, it also just anecdotally seems like that is like people are playing Washington and Survivor, which right. I mean, <laughs> take your well, life you into your own hands with that. Tell me, we uh, can both, all three of us can see that, right? Like week yeah. one, like everybody's on the Commanders are probably top three Survivor team, and it's like final drive. Sam Howell's got the ball. They're down by four, <laughs> and they need to go in there and get it because that's exactly how the NFL like works. Like Survivor, yep. I mean, teasers, Mike, money line parlays. Like I get it. And six, again, I feel like that is the right number, but especially is that you would not surprise me if we get to six and a half or seven, which just feels like we've gone a little bit too far there on Arizona. 
It really does. And you talked about the, the survivor side of it. I've heard so many people say, well, this is the one week you can play Washington. Well, you got to get past week one to be able to win survivor. Now, if you're interested in buying back in, okay, I get it. Some of those pools have that availability. But do you really want to put your whole survivor season on Sam Howell's shoulders yeah. and really his what I'm going to call his first real start here because this is a new season where he's gone through training camp, going to get, get a look there. The Washington defense should be very good. But would anybody be shocked if this is like a 17-14 game late in the fourth quarter and it could easily go uh, either way? To me, that that's kind of what we're looking at here in this Arizona-Washington game. So I, I have no interest in playing Washington sure. from a survivor perspective because it's just I don't want my survivor week to be de- dependent on Washington getting through with Sam Howell with his first start with an offense that I just don't have faith they can move the football. That defense should be very, very good. But I, I have serious questions with Ron Rivera in that offense. Again, Mike Samo joining us here on the Lombardi Langham follow-up. Sam Obama 18 joining us here throughout the week as well as on Sharp Money. A lot of, a lot of great stuff as well over on the, uh, the Z account. Uh, we'll, we'll plug there for Mike. Let's go MLB before we wrap up. A really intriguing series between a couple of NLS teams that are just sort of trying to find a second wind, especially for Arizona. Arizona and San Diego. Rich Hill, the lefty, goes for the Padres today against Zach Gallon. I've seen a flip of favorites here. This open uh, D-backs minus 115 overnight. Where do you stand on that line move here in the baseball today? Interesting spot here. I mean, I can't believe Rich Hill was, Hill was a big-time post or a deadline acquisition here for the Padres. Just not one of those pitchers that you think of as someone who's really going to come in and be able to propel you into the playoffs. It's actually a rematch of a game over the weekend. The difference is that game was in Arizona. When you look at Zach Gallion's splits, he's phenomenal at home. He's got almost a 5 ERA on the road. We know Rich Hill not afraid to give up runs either. I had this game lined as a total at 9.25 when I made my numbers here. We're sitting at 8.5. I think this is a pretty easy play toward the over here for Diamondbacks offense that should be able to beat up Rich Hill again. And Zach Gallion, who's just not very good on the road. Mm-hmm. So for me, the over is the play here. I don't really have a huge lean either way. With the money moving toward the Padres, I would almost fade the move and go back toward the Diamondbacks. I played the Diamondbacks first five minus a half run when they were in Arizona. But again, you had home Zach Gallion, not road Zach Gallion. So I, I like the total going over here versus taking a side. And you're also like the, uh, the Mariners tonight looking to lay it uh, against the Royals? They've been sneaky, one of the best teams since the break. They're 10-3 and three, uh, in their last 13 games. They just have the mojo going right now. You got a nice young team with a good offense. You got a bullpen game today from the Kansas City Royals. You got one of the better starting pitchers on the mound for the Mariners. I, I think they're going to cover the run and a half. You can get minus 125 out there. So giving the Mariners laying the run and a half today as George well. George Kirby on the bump today for Seattle. That's a game that starts uh, in about 40 minutes at 2.10 p.m. Eastern time. Mike, always great to catch up with the man. Be well. Appreciate it, guys. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. We will continue the discussion as well on the lid lifter for preseason NFL Week 2 JVT because Jake Trotter covers the Cleveland Browns for ESPN. will join us right after this here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview, and the only place to see it is on VEASAN. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some unbelievable betting stories, and gives the details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on an event he was playing in. Check out the interview next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on VEASAN. That coincides with the actual day that that book is being released. Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk. As we welcome you back, final half hour on the show, it is the Lombardi Line Presented by BetMGM live from downtown Las Vegas. Great to be with Jonathan Von Tobel, Ben Wilson with you on a Thursday. We're ready for week two in the NFL preseason to kick off. And that's why we go to uh, Philadelphia, where Jake Trotter has been 
He's been covering the Cleveland Browns on the ESPN side of things and is ready to go as the Browns are in Philly after a week of joint practices. We have the Browns-Eagles tonight. Line movement toward the Eagles at about 3.5 or 4, total at 35.5. So we've watched the joint practices all week. What's been your biggest uh, takeaway, Jake, just from watching uh, the ones go at it, at least in some st- in some stretches, and also a lot of action, too, for the backups in those joint practices? Yeah, I think the Browns' defense has showed that it, it could be one of the more improved units in the NFL. I mean, Miles Garrett, this is probably going to be the most talented defensive line he's played with in Cleveland, with guys like Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson. You know, offensively, you know, it's still a little bit shaky in the passing game, uh, and that's going to have to come around for the Browns to be a factor this year. But, and I can tell you, the, the Browns got completely dominated by Philly in their joint practices last year. Uh, they didn't win this time around, but it, I think that they clearly showed that they've closed the gap. So later tonight, you know, I know coaches sometimes like to talk about what some of the goals are for a preseason game. Uh, has the coaching staff at all revealed like maybe what some of the things are going to work on tonight in this preseason game with DTR getting the start? Yeah, well, first of all, none of the starters are going to play. Uh, none of the key guys are going to be out there. Um, you know, I think it's just going to be, you know, this is DTR's first career pro start. He played in the Hall of Fame game off the bench. It was terrific. Uh, they really see him as their long-term backup. QB of the future uh, behind Watson. So I, I think, you know, they're going to try to put him into some favorable situations, uh, continue to build his confidence, maybe some short throws, maybe get him, you know, running outside the pocket. Um, but I think at the end of the day, all these preseason games, it's a little bit vanilla. You know, you're not going to see anything too crazy, or uh, I don't think that, that Kevin Stefanski is going to show any cards uh, from what he's going to do in that opener against Cincinnati. Building on a DTR really quickly, you said long-term backup behind Watson. Is there a chance that he could win the primary backup job, given how well he's played in this offseason? I think there's a chance. I mean, it would definitely help them from a roster management standpoint, because right now they're keeping three quarterbacks with uh, Joshua Dobbs. Uh, you know, I, I, I assume they'd like to get Kellen Mond back to the practice squad, but you know, he, we'll see what happens with him. He's going to play the second half tonight. I think DTR is clearly ahead of Mon for the number three role. I don't know if they're there yet. Uh, you know, Dobbs is obviously is more experienced. I thought played well in that role at Tennessee last year, showed that, you know, he can give you competent quarterback play in a pinch. Uh, that, that would be rolling the dice going with the rookie as your primary backup. But if it doesn't happen this year, I think it's going to happen in 2024, but if if they felt like that he was ready, you know, he continues to play well, then, you know, you, you don't have to keep three quarterbacks, then you can keep, you know, an extra, extra defensive lineman, an extra offensive lineman, extra receiver. So it would help the roster elsewhere. Um, I, I think there's a chance. I wouldn't bet. That, that it is going to happen, though. Sure. I guess Jake Trotter joins us right now at Jake underscore Trotter, Cleveland Browns reporter for ESPN Browns and Eagles tonight, kicking off week two in the NFL preseason. And he mentioned maybe having an extra piece to add on to the depth, whether that's a, uh, maybe a D-line position that last year, worst team in football defending the run on an EPA per play basis, even though when you look at the personnel, you go, that should be a, a much better unit than dead, dead last. Where have you seen uh, this offseason and especially training camp going as far as development of that D-line specifically? Yeah, it's gonna. It's hard to know how they're gonna fare against the run because they're not tackling in practice. They didn't even tackle in the joint practices with Philly. You know, training camp. You know, from our perspective, is about uh, the passing game. You can evaluate that a lot easier uh, than you can the running game. But there's no doubt they should be improved. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson uh, is way better than anybody they had last year. You know, he's got size that they didn't have last year. 
you know, they signed Shelby Harris, who's a veteran, you know, proven player. Uh, you know, he's he's a little bit older, but, I, you know, it, it, he can still play. Uh, you know, they got Jordan Elliott, who was a starter for them last year. Now he's probably in a number three role. They drafted Siaka Ika out of Baylor, you know, big defensive tackle. So just from, like, size alone, they're completely different from what they were last year. Uh, you know, I think the, the storyline to watch is going to be what happens at inside linebacker. Uh, I never would have thought that they would have missed Anthony Walker, their inside linebacker, the way that they did after he was lost for the year, uh, early on in the year. Sione uh, Takitaki played really well after getting moved to inside linebacker uh, when they were down to like their fourth guy at that position, but then he got uh, injured and was lost for the season. So those two guys are still working their way back. I, I think that if they're healthy, they should be in decent shape. It is signed linebacker, but neither one of them have, have really practiced, you know, full tilt yet. So, uh, you know, if, if they can get those guys back, the defensive line just plays up to its potential or close to it in the inside. Uh, they may not have the best run defense in the NFL, but I would bet that they would not have the worst again like they did last season. So obviously any team ceiling is going to be tied to the most important position. Quarterback, as you've been at camp and watched him, we've only got to see five dropbacks in a preseason game. What's been your evaluation of Deshaun Watson? You know, it's been up and down. You know, he's had some really good moments. He's had some bad moments. Uh, quite frankly, it's kind of looked a little bit like it did in, in those six games last year where you saw the flashes but not the consistency, which, you know, he's going to have to have. Uh, he's going to have to rekindle for, for the Browns to be a team that can contend in the AFC North. I mean, they still got a ways to go uh, before the season opener. But, um, you know, he he definitely has – the talent to be the guy he was in 2019 and 2020. It's just, uh, you'll see one great throw and then one Mm -hmm. not so good throw. Um, he, he did play well in his one series in that preseason game against Washington, but again, only three for 12 yards. So it's, it's really hard to kind of evaluate that, uh, you know, did make some plays with his feet, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, the Browns are still optimistic. Um, but I think to this point, it still remains a work in progress for sure. Plus three eighty, by the way, third, of the four favorites out of the AFC North at plus 380 for the Browns, nine and a half. That win total heavily juiced to the under at minus 135. And outside of having a really good offensive line and a, a great backfield with the running back position to help out Deshaun Watson, you would think, Jake, somebody other than Amari Cooper stepping up would go a long ways toward that development. And that's, I think, the one positional group that a lot of us in the betting market have questions about is wide receiver. Uh, who have you seen that's impressed so far, maybe outside of a Cooper in that wide receiver room? Yeah, Elijah Moore. I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, it, it's already clear, you know, he's going to be a focal point for them offensively. Uh, they, they move him around. They put him in the backfield, outside receiver slot, you know, just trying to find different ways to get him the ball. Uh, if you play fantasy, that would be a guy I would grab, uh, who I think people are not talking about. Like, would not stun me if he leads them in receiving, or at least uh, receptions. Uh, he's already got a pretty good chemistry with Watson, it looks like they're much further along than, say, Watson and Cooper have been. Uh, so that would be a guy uh, that I think could, could really help the receiving core. Uh, and, you know, he, the, the talent's always been there. You know, he had a weird year with the Jets last year. Their quarterback situation obviously played into that. Um, the Browns are really excited about Elijah Moore. By the way, JBT, just looking at the DraftKings season-long numbers, Amari Cooper, 72.5 as the receptions prop. Yep. Elijah Moore, 45.5. Okay. Could be a good right. look. Yeah. Uh, all right, so then let's, let's, I'll ask you this, because I think in asking you know, where do they stand in the division, I think it's pretty clear, given the unknown of what Watson's going to be their third right now, maybe fourth. 
So we'll ask you in this way, Jake. In comparison with Pittsburgh, the other team that they're going to be on paper dueling with for maybe third place in the AFC North, how do you think the Cleveland Browns stack up from what you know right now? They probably have the biggest variance of anybody in the AFC. Like, I would not be stunned if they won six games. I would not be stunned if they won 12 games. And it's just going to come down to what version of Deshaun Watson are we going to get? Are we going to get 2019? Are we going to get 2020? Are we going to get 2023 or 2022, I should say? Uh, or somewhere there in between. And really, the answer to that is probably going to dictate their win total. Um, I, I have them going 10-7. and seven. They do have a pretty manageable schedule outside of the division. You know, they play the six worst teams from last season. Uh, you know, th- there are some wins there for them. I think the defense is going to be better. Uh, but again, if, if Watson is the guy we saw last year, they're going to struggle at times. Uh, if he's like they, he was in 2020, or 2019, they could be a Super Bowl contender. So they're a difficult team, I think, to gauge, and it's just going to come down to whether you believe uh, in Deshaun Watson or not. Yeah, we're about to we're about to do uh, Jake our defensive rookie of the year awards talk. How good did Jalen Carter look when you watched him in those joint practices? Yeah, I I, I think that it's unbelievable that he fell to the Eagles. Uh, just their luck. Uh, he's going to be a good yeah. one, I think. Have have a sneaking suspicion that will be the case. I'm sure that was fun to get to watch in person. Jake Trotter does a great job covering the Cleveland Browns for ESPN. Follow him at Jake underscore Trotter. Browns and Eagles tonight, 7.30 Eastern time from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Always a pleasure, Jake. Thanks so much for taking uh, taking the time out of a busy day. Yep, see you guys. Take care. Absolutely. And uh, we will get into that because we're going to finish up our show with the defensive awards markets. And yeah, Jalen Carter, he's second on the odds board. And... uh, would not be surprised if that does not last long. Again, it's preseason, but I mean, I'll save it obviously because we're do it. But I've got my question. Oh, oh, all right. I How like about it. that? I like it for a team. Guys looked really good. That's all. I mean. Seven to one right now. Will Anderson is the favorite. We'll talk about that. We have our uh, final thoughts on the show. I know JVT's getting excited because NBA a regular season schedule comes out in oh. for an hour, so he's excited. We'll wrap up the Lombardi line right after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms. At over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or you can log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm fired up, man. We're talking like modeling and stuff and nerd stuff, and it's great. Completion percentage over there. expectation. That's right, and what we're going to do and Big plug time. it in and how we weight it and all that. Oh, man, I can't wait to go home. I'm wrapping up. Uh, I uh, The plan is I've got a, a full, massive uh, FIBA World Cup preview that I want to finish oh. today uh, to nice. post up for tomorrow because tomorrow we have a week until tip-off for the FIBA World Cup officially. Uh, by the way, Team USA, tomorrow, I think, 9 a.m. Pacific time if you want to watch another friendly of theirs. i got two more left. Um, and then after that, I'm going to crunch some numbers. I'm going to do some Excel. I'm going to all you sorts of stuff. You've got a desktop computer, I heard? I do. Dude. Damn. That is, I'll tell you what, it's like a 24, 28-inch monitor, whatever it is. Love it. Absolutely. You didn't get like the compact 1998? Uh, no, I think it was like an IMAX. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, We're going to turn back this. the clock that far. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, as somebody who writes, you know what I mean? I, I do a lot of writing helpful. for the website, yeah. so it is very nice to have the desktop. And, you know, another reason to just shut myself in my office and not pay attention yeah. to my family. I'm very impressed that you're like I my writing fingers. Uh, you know I can't. As soon as I graduated college, I was like I'm out. I don't I'm think writing. I'm good at type. I don't think I'm a good typist. Is that the term? Like if sure. I were to do a typing test, I think we should do one when we get done with the show. I don't think I think it maybe be above average, but I'm definitely not okay the best. I'm like I'm at like a 500 word limit, and after that, I just start you know get going stir crazy. So anyway, we do have a pro tip for the show, by Ooh. the way, and then we'll get into our uh, defensive award talk here. And we've had a lot of NFL Week 1 discussion today, which I think has been really really beneficial. If you're, We're about three weeks out. Actually, it'll be literally three weeks exactly coming up at 8 p.m. Eastern here tonight until the Chiefs and Lions kick off Week 1. And so I think the big thing, if you're looking to get into these markets right now, especially because Week 1 has been out for such a, a good amount of time, really try to invest in lines that are either at the peak of the market or at the bottom of the market where you don't expect them to go any you know, higher or lower. And that obviously depends on where your convictions lie. But take the Chiefs. Uh, say say that uh, game, for example, Chiefs dipping from seven to six and a half point favorites. If you feel pretty confident about and you you know you break down the market, there is really it would it would take a lot for Kansas City to go down to six. I don't either you or I, JVT, foresee that coming. So the Chiefs would be a good example. If you're targeting a, a line like that, if you like Kansas City, that would be the time to invest, whether that's in a straight up spread bet or if you're looking to tease Kansas City down because based on everything we've we've watched and monitored with the market, that would only go back towards seven relative to the odds it goes down to six. Yes, I think this is a good one. I agree with every single bit of this. Um, we know that that's not going to happen for Kansas City, a team that's going to be very publicly backed by the time you get there. 
And remember, part of the liability that builds up, as you mentioned, is teasers, and that will push that thing up. So, boom. oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so you said uh, right, nice little tease before the break. Jalen Carter, I you know, look at as the second favorite right now in the defensive rookie of the year market, and go yeah. as long as he gets the reps, it might not take long for him to usurp. Will Anderson as the favorite in that odds board right now. Carter does have the highest handle, by the way, at BetMGM so far. Christian Gonzalez, for what it's worth, out of New England, highest ticket count so far. Where do you stand on Carter entering your one? So I think he's going to be awesome. I don't think there's going to be a question about it. My two, I have two questions about this. The first of which is, you know, is he going to play enough snaps? Is he going to be part of a rotation? Like, what's his real role going to be? And even if it's like a limited amount of snaps in terms of being part of a deep rotation, you know, is that going to be enough? My other question is... Do we trust, if you're betting Jalen Carter to win Defensive Player of the Year, do you trust voters to be able to realistically evaluate Jalen Carter, you know what I mean, as a, is an interior defensive lineman enough to give him the award, or will he, despite justifiably being the best defensive rookie, not win the award because pick anyone, let's say Will Anderson, for example, just gets a bunch of sacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you lose out on it. That that would actually be my question. It really has nothing to do with him. It has more to do with his role, the snaps he'll play, and whether or not you trust those deciding on this award doing their job well enough to actually evaluate him properly. Because as somebody who, of course, you know, covers the NBA day-to-day here in, in all those awards markets, there's a lot of the times with Defensive Player of the Year of the last few years where you have real questions as to who won it because – uh, voters tend to get a little lazy with the analysis when it comes to defense because in any sport, it's the hardest part of the game to analyze. Sure, and certainly that's why you can you can find pretty widely varying numbers on this stuff. Like if you're high on Tyree Wilson uh, with the Raiders, he's six to one at BetMGM, ten to one at DraftKings. Will Anderson right now five and a half to one at MGM, seven to one uh, there at DK. As, as far as if you're shopping around, as far as defensive player of the year market, and I also think you you bring up the point that makes these really hard to handicap because it's a lot easier to tie certain narratives to awards on the offensive side. Than it is defensively. Sure. You know, as much as we watch and follow NFL, it's hard for us to have a real innate sense of how a guy is is truly plugging a gap. You know, yeah. on on the defensive side, week in week out. So from the defensive player of the year market, Aiden Hutchinson getting the most tickets. Uh, Micah Parsons, who had his we talked about this on the show yesterday, had his left leg wrapped. Uh, did suffer a minor injury in training camp, but is not viewed to be serious there. Parsons, an overwhelming amount of the handle right now, and just updating the odds as we sit today uh, here on Thursday, August the seventeenth. Uh, seeing Parsons. As your favorite, plus 450, Miles Garrett, 6-1, to one, TJ Watt, plus 750 there. So I, I bet Miles Garrett to win the award. Um, I think, what am I having? I believe it was 8-1. to one. I'll double check. Uh, it was a bet here I made here at Circa. It is a small bet, but I think I, one of it narratively is I do think that not having one is going to help him out when you finally get to that point with some of these voters. I also think he's really set up for success. You know, with the addition of Smith there uh, along that defensive line, taking out some pressure, I think he is going to have a really strong year. You know, I'm kind of high on Cleveland, as high as you can be, you know, given the unknowns of what's going on with them and at quarterback. But I think Miles Garrett is set up to have a really, really strong season this year. So it was a short-term, a short-term bet I was willing to make, but I'm willing to make it, uh, you know, invest in that for the rest of the season because I think Garrett's in position to do it. I'd also argue, too, one of the things that really sticks out here um, – you know, Ben, what do you think of team success tying into a player, right? Because I think on this board, at the very least, like a guy like Max Crosby is one I would not want to touch. Because while Max Crosby might have a very strong individual year, I do wonder if voters hold against him, him being part of arguably one of the worst defenses. Sure. In and, the and I look at it, you have either the, the one side of this, which is, well, guys on, say, Philadelphia, where it's just a loaded front, how good, how amazing do they have to be individually sure. to get noticed compared to, say, a Crosby who, who might be the only 
you know, Chandler Jones continues to struggle in, in his time in Las Vegas. But I, I definitely believe you're, you're only in the conversation. It's one of those things, like, you're not even in the conversation if your team is bad. Yes. And so, like, if you're, if you're looking at all these Philadelphia guys, many of whom are priced a little bit longer simply because it's, it's viewed to be more of a timeshare and there's going to be a lot of production to split across the board. But you're at least going to be in the conversation if Philadelphia, again, is winning 13 or so games. And you can look at a lot of really, really good stats and go... All right, those are going to be guys right up there. And that's, I would imagine, why Parsons, especially in a weaker NFC, he is, he is the dude on a defense that has really, really good personnel and he has a good amount of support, but tends to put up big numbers based on how opportunistic that defense has been. So I, I get why he's so uh, short on the odds board. It's not one I would ever bet, but I, I mean, I get why that is the general thought process. Tell you what, if you want a mid range shot there, if you're somebody who, like me, is actually finding himself a little bit higher on uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers, then as the season goes along, or as you get closer to the season, I should say, Joey Bosa, with the way that he can rush the pass or put up splash stats, is respected by the yeah. overall media. Uh, and if he has a strong year, that would put him up there with the likes of Miles Garrett and others from a pass rushing perspective. And his team makes its way to the playoffs or maybe even wins that division. Joey Bosa, I, I would not say no to. Of course, you want him to play more than 165 snaps, which he did last year. Yeah, that'd be nice. But he would, uh, he would, I think, be, if you're taking like shots, I think that's one of the shots I, I, I'm willing to take. From 50 to 1, now down to 35 yeah. to 1 at BetMGM. Real quick on Coach of the Year, uh, it's just a it's the graphic is just Dan Campbell. It's just it's just a bunch of Dan it, Campbells, man. and I I do not understand that uh, whatsoever. My I I have this weird thought. As much as I you know growing up in Wisconsin, watching a lot of Mike McCarthy coach teams, definitely not a big fan of his in from an in game coaching That's perspective. Awesome. But at forty to one, doesn't that seem a little insane that McCarthy is viewed as just a drawing dead candidate? Yes. When if his team wins the NFC East, he's going to be a, a short shot for that. By the way, this is our best graphic. This is an made. awesome graphic. This graphic should win an Emmy. Just like four, we should have four different versions of Dan Campbell. That'd be great. Um, Player Dan Campbell, uh, kneecaps Dan Campbell. That's wild. Every single thing hits him, huh? I get it. I, I get it. It makes sense because of the market is so high. But I mean, you're looking around. How about head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and former UNLV quarterback Shane Steichen, baby? Let's go. That's not real analysis. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, I was uh, going to say, like, did, you, did you bet that? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I would say if you're actually if you're really looking at this market in all seriousness, um, you want a guy who's respected. And if you are somebody who you know a lot of people do think that the Steelers are a team that is going to be quite good. If you think Kenny Pickett's going to make a, a real step forward, Mike Tomlin's going to get a ton of credit. He's going to get yep. a ton of credit for that team playing pretty well. And at about twenty to one, I would not say no to Mike Tomlin, especially because at least voters last year showed that. Double digits, if you do a good enough job, is not a barometer that you have to cross. Maybe a little lifetime achievement award as yeah. well. If it's you know over two decades of the uh, the non-losing seasons for Mike Tomlin, could be a possibility. JBT, always, man. Pleasure hanging Thanks, out. Thanks, man. It's been a blast. For JBT, I'm Ben. Big thanks to Elliot Bowman, our producer, and the rest of the crew with Jeremy Wengler, technical director. Got uh, Sergio Sanchez, Mikhail, Miranda, Andre Pariso, Troy Kinch, all helping out here at Circa as we say so long on this edition of the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.